When we hear the word sin, we automatically associate it with something negative. Today, I want to talk a little bit about ways we might think of it as something that is actually helpful and healthy for us to reflect on. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, senior pastor of St. Philip the Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. Good to be with you, as always. One of the things that sort of drives um, these podcasts, these episodes, is my um, assumption, I guess I would say, that in our culture, the culture has certain assumptions about our Christian faith, which I think are often wrong, and not just wrong, but sort of the opposite of the truth. We've talked about that in many ways here, maybe most centrally as it relates to the supposed conflict between faith and science. Um, today, I was sort of reflecting on a different kind of dynamic there related to that based on the Old Testament reading and the gospel reading from this past Sunday. So I want to I'll lift up those, and then I want to point our attention to a, an author who I think helps us rethink about that in a productive way. So the two readings I'm thinking about are, are both call stories. One is the call story of the prophet Isaiah, so this is from Isaiah chapter 6, and the other is one of the call stories of Jesus' disciples, in this case, um, Peter, James, and John from Luke chapter 5. And there's a common thing that happens in each of these. So in the call story of Isaiah, um, we it, this is chapter 6 again of Isaiah. It begins very famously, in the, king, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. And then there's some more language. And verse 5, ultimately, the prophet says, and I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So what is that posture? It's a posture of fear, a recognition that, oh my gosh, I am not worthy to be seeing the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, God, because I'm not good enough to be in God's presence, right? Similar kind of thing happens in the call story of the disciples. Uh, this is where um, Peter, James, and John have been fishing all night, and particularly Peter ends up in an encounter with Jesus. Jesus says, well, let's go back out into the deep and put your net down. Um, and Simon answered, this is chapter 5, verse 5 of Luke. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And we're told when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. Uh, so they signaled partners, the other boat, to come and help them. Um, and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. And then verse 8, But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Again, this recognition that, oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of something good and powerful here, and I, Peter, am a sinful man. I do not deserve to be in this presence, and this is, it's not only good and beautiful and true, it's also dangerous for me because I am sinful. Now, what is the preconception or the assumption or the bias, I think, that culturally we might 
and again, it, maybe I'm wrong about this, and if I am, feel free to comment below, but that we might have about this. And I think one of our more modern preconceptions is, oh, well, those ancient people, they didn't understand who they really were, and they were afraid of God. And you shouldn't be afraid of God, because after all, each of us is perfect in our own way, and we aren't sinful. That's a, a backwards way of thinking. The question I have for us today is, is it really? And is it healthy or productive for us to assume that we're not sinful? Again, I think we, the culture says, well, when Christianity says we are sinful, it, there are negative connotations to that. And we assume that, well, that's, again, it's sort of backward, it's pre-scientific. We don't need to be so negative. I'm not sure saying that we're sinful is automatically a negative thing. I actually think it might simply be um, an objective truth, a recognition of who we are, a recognition of the truth of the world, that the world is not as God intended it, that our relationships are broken, that our relationship with God, with one another, with ourselves, is not as God intended it. And it doesn't have to have a negative connotation. It can have simply an objective sort of factual connotation, namely, this is a description of the reality we find ourselves in. I hope that makes sense. Now, I want to, to make that point, I want to draw our attention to another author who I love. Her name is Marilyn Robinson. Um, I think I've lifted her up before. Um, she actually, like many other authors I've mentioned, has been here at St. Philip the Deacon. It was quite a few years ago as part of the Faith and Life series. Um, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning author uh, for her book, um, Gilead. It, actually, the Pulitzer Prize may have been for housekeeping. It doesn't matter. If you know, feel free to comment below. This, though, and so those are novels. This is a collection of essays, which I find to be incredibly thoughtful and wise. Um, and they open with the very first paragraph of this collection of essays. Um, says, uh, these essays were written for various uses and occasions over a number of years. Um, and they are, all of them, contrarian in method and spirit. They assert, and this goes back to the first point I was making about sort of my hope to push back against assumptions or biases or prejudices people have about Christianity. They assert in one way or another that the prevailing view of things can be assumed to be wrong and that its opposite, being its Im image or shadow, can also be assumed to be wrong. They undertake to demonstrate that there are other ways of thinking for which better arguments can be made. And she does that again and again throughout the essays in this book. Um, and by the way, just as one quick aside, last week um, I, I mentioned an, uh, a short story by Flannery O'Connor, Revelation, which talked at the end about even their virtues were burned away. This is a little an aside, an aside here. But in one of the essays she writes here, she says um, about people who think they're perfect, that they have, they're virtuous, sort of like the main character in that short story. The second worst thing that can be said about these virtuous people is that they have not, is they have not at all escaped the sins of their kind. The worst thing that can be said is they believe they have escaped them, like Mrs. Turpin. Anyway, that's a little aside. Um, so what I wanted to point out, though, is from a little essay called um, Puritans and Prigs. And again, this is back to that point of pushing back on, I think, what is a prevailing cultural assumption that when Christians say we are sinful, 
that is automatically a negative message. And here's what Marilyn Robinson says about this. I love this, a couple sentences, actually one sentence. The belief that we are all sinners gives us excellent grounds for forgiveness and self-forgiveness and is, I love this word, kindlier, and is kindlier than any expectation that we might be saints, even while it affirms the standards all of us fail to attain. There's so much packed in that and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it other than again to sort of summarize by saying, is it possible that the Christian teaching that we are sinful is far from being negative is actually a kind teaching because it says to us, this is who you are. And you don't, you don't need to beat yourself up about it, but maybe by recognizing it, you can in all humility bow down as Isaiah and Peter did before the God who is perfect and can remove your sins from you. Um, and it's kindlier because it doesn't presume that I am perfect. And if I, if I think I'm perfect and I'm supposed to be perfect, I am going to be in for a big disappointment, right? And um, I just, I think it's a bad way to live. And it's one of the many reasons that Christianity is so healthy for us when we understand what it's really teaching. I hope that's kind of helpful. If it doesn't make any sense, let me know below. If you have questions about it, let me know below. If you'd like to hear more about it, same thing. I'm grateful as always for your time. Thank you for being with me today. And as always, be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.